0: Welcome to the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast. My name is Safe Masaria.
1: I'm Case Charania. And
0: I'm Asad Lalani. And uh, at WBEMPOD, that is Web and Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast on YouTube. Or hello to you if you're watching us on Spotlight Sports Network. This week, well, it's March Madness, and so it only makes sense for us to sit and talk about the draft prospects that are worth watching and keeping an eye on coming into March Madness. Now, as you're listening to the episode, day one is almost done. So maybe some of these guys have already gone home. We've had a couple of upsets, one huge one with Kentucky going down here in day one, a couple of other marginally minor upsets. I guess Michigan is considered an upset. Um, but, uh, but overall, it's been a good day one so far. So let's get started. The first overall consensus number one draft pick who, by the way, actually did not have a great first half today and then really played great in the second half today against Georgia State University. Chet Holmgren of gonzaga K's, you are first off with the first overall pick. Talk to us a little bit about what you expect from him in the NBA, but also what's he going to do in this uh, March Madness here?
1: He has superstar potential because he's been touted as the number one pick for the past three years now. It's crazy. And then you have his stature is kind of weird. He's seven feet tall, but he's 195 pounds, which means he's basically a door. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, that's one of his biggest weaknesses. Like, he's too small to play against bigs in the NBA, but his offensive versatility makes him a threat no matter where he plays. He's good in the post. He can score off the dribble. He can shoot. And he play makes, and then he does what every big man should do. He's a great rebounder. He can block shots. He's a decent athlete. We don't really see it because he's seven feet tall, so they don't look that athletic. But he can move. And his biggest weakness is free throws. It's he's Shaq essentially. I think he shoots forty-two percent from the free throw line.
0: Yeah, he shoots the same from free throw as he does from three. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous. Is that is and the that, weird that makes part is
1: no sense? <laughs> long shot is his most inconsistent shot. Like he's on some games and he's really off other games. It's pretty funny. And then know, you know you I
0: know he's touted as like a ridiculous shot
1: blocker. Oh yeah. He's seven feet tall with a ridiculous, I think he's a seven eight wingspan. Wow. Jesus. And that's then, ridiculous. He's got a high defensive IQ, so he's always in the right place at the right time. And then his biggest flaw is his size, essentially, because he struggles in traffic. He does not like contact. I don't know if he doesn't like it or he can't handle it. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: he's unselfish to a fault.
0: I mean, he's 195 pounds, Case It kind of speaks for itself why contact is not his super strength here.
1: I get it. But the unselfish thing bothers me a little bit. Because he's always looking to pass when he doesn't need to, and I feel like we've seen that in the NBA where people are passing up open shots, <clears throat> Ben Simmons, and then just not <laughs> scoring, when in fact he's great at scoring. Like he he's playmaking, he's basically Draymond Green seven feet tall. When that's, he has that's, the ball a,
0: that's high praise, man. That's high it's okay.
1: praise. At seven feet tall, he's a lot taller than Draymond Green, so it's okay, but. I don't know. He did pick it up today, but that slow start is scary for Gonzaga because they're gonna play a lot better teams than Georgia State.
0: It's what spot. you mean, Georgia State sleeper cell, man? What's up?
1: Yeah, they're gone now. They're sleeping.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Seven blocks today, though, in the game. That's kind of what you talked about. The shot the shot blocking is a strength seven blocks is ridiculous it's genuinely ridiculous
2: you know what jersey he would look great in a houston rockets jersey and houston well you know sure, you sure you already have a big man uh you he plays the four i i i can i would love to, to have the problem to figure out how to play Alcorn shangun and chet Holmgren together That's well, and christian wood
0: of course obviously
2: christian wood's gone get him out of here this summer <laughs> i want him gone
0: um, oh man Hello,
2: also, Houston, Houston, has great, Houston has a great Christian food board. scene. Shout out to my boy, uh, my boy Salman Ali. He just tweeted this that Houston has a great food scene, so it's not going to be an issue to get some pounds onto Chet. So
1: It's not as good as New Orleans, though.
2: Well, it look, that's eye. a little too good. To look at what happened to Zion. So we're, I we're a nice think Chet happy could
1: meeting. use that level of weight gain. Let's be honest here. <laughs> he weighs 50 pounds less than Kevin Durant.
2: That's wild. Kevin but, I mean, Durant
1: weighs 242. He's Chet what? Chet weighs one ninety five.
2: How old is Chet? 19? 20? twenty. He's twenty years old. Twenty. Yeah, so he's twenty. He's got some time to bulk up, and I'm that's I'm assuming will be a big part of his NBA transition. Right,
0: is to put more weight on him.
1: I think his off season transition and rookie year. Yeah,
0: it seems to me like Chet has pretty much consensus number one written over him.
1: Am I mistaken in in coming up with that conclusion? Case a uh, recency bias has a couple guards up okay. ahead of him. Okay. but I think Chet will go number one, depending on how the lottery falls. That's the biggest thing to me is depending on how,
2: how the lottery shakes out and what like the best fit of the teams are, because I don't, I think Chet, me personally, I think Chet is the number one talent out of this draft class, but obviously depending on how the teams line up, their needs are be different. And so the the draft has um, more options for a, for a number one, or it's not like a, obvious like Zion like you know this is for sure the number one guy it's not really the case in this draft
0: in my opinion that's fair all right pick number two Jabari Smith Jr. of Auburn University I have Jabari Smith and in most drafts that there isn't a Chet Holmgren Jabari Smith would be a number one player this guy 6'10 2'10 that's that's a that's a doozy 19 years old he's ridiculous. Okay. And here, here's the cool thing about him. Okay. He is what we consider a modern day, big man of the NBA. The one knock against him, I will say is I do not believe he is an elite rebounder. He's an okay rebounder. He averages 6.9 rebounds per game. So really not that great in college basketball. However, 17 points per game, 58% true shooting and 43.6% from three on hundred and sixty three point. Uh, three-pointer attempted this season in college basketball that's a pretty good number there you're basically saying this guy is a four in the nba and that's kind of what he is he's a hustle player he's a decent on-ball defender he's a really good team defender so off ball is definitely something he excels at i would not consider him a five i don't think he'll ever be an nba five if he is that would be pretty dope but he's small ball five Exactly, he needs to become a small ball five, and I think that's possible. I think that that would require him to become a marginally better rebounder, though. Uh, but he's a. I, I just think the best thing about him is his shooting ability. as a As a guy who's six ten and can shoot the three ball really well, I mean, I would say in an elite level in college, that's going to translate to the NBA. Maybe not at forty four percent, but if he can even do thirty eight percent, thirty seven percent, which is still above league average, you're looking at a legitimately good basketball player. And I think, by the way, i a this is more the type of guy that I think that would be a better fit in Houston. Um, And and I'm only saying Houston listener because Houston is looking to get a top pick in this NBA draft here. There's a, there's a bunch of teams. I feel like you could drop this guy on most any NBA team and he would be just fine. Jamari Smith is another player who has been considered a top three consensus guy for basically start to finish in the, in the college uh, NBA, the college season so far. And I think that that's pretty much going to be the standard. He's probably going to go top three in this draft. It would take a debacle of March Madness for him to just absolutely suck for that to change. And even then, I don't think it's going to change all too much. Do you guys have any thoughts on Jabari Smith so far?
1: I love his highlight reel. That's all I really dug into him because he was your guy. Yeah, But he's a legit player. Both Mm -hmm. sides of the ball. Versatile on offense. I think he gets a little bit careless on defense playing the passing lanes, mm-hmm. but I you agree. need that aggressiveness. Yeah.
0: I think that's I'm a- okay with him taking chances as long as he's not yeah. the five. If he's the five, you can then get in trouble very stop. quickly. Yeah, if he's yeah. the four in a modern day basketball team, he can take a couple of chances because he's got somebody hopefully to back him up and cover his butt.
2: Mm-hmm. I think there's a, that's a lot of the, the, the college guys. Uh, they, you know, they like to make that gamble because, you know, like they're just, you know, they're a little jumpy. They're more aggressive. Um, yeah. That necessarily does not translate well to the NBA. Right. And so they'll learn that when they, when they get into the league. Um, but I mean, I agree with your point safe of that. I mean, Jabari would fit very well with the Rockets, no doubt about it. Uh, I just think that sure uh, the, the, ch- I just want the lottery pick
0: after who fair they, like, that,
2: that's the first, that's the first hurdle that we need to cross here. Fair um, enough,
0: fair enough.
2: But with, with Chet versus Jabari, I think Chet has the higher ceiling, and that's what I would want to chase with the number one pick.
0: I agree with you. I completely agree with you. That's why I said he's a two or three pick. He's so not the number one I pick think because I
1: disagree with you guys there.
0: Well, Chet's an elite defender. The that's what I like about him.
1: Floor over the no, I'm ceiling. sorry,
0: I, I disagree with you completely. Uh, that's not. If you're ending up with a first overall pick, it's likely that you're not a very good basketball team and could value a potential NBA all-star star superstar type of player um, Jabari Smith I don't want to say he's not going to be an all-star because that that's not cool either but I think he'll be like a, a fringe all-star level player in the NBA Chet has a chance to be a legit I mean look Chet's got like Evan Mobley with a better jumper written all over him I know that's high praise coming into it because Evan Mobley is our leader to be rookie of the year but he's got Evan Mobley written all over him. No really contest, really good defender either. Well, yeah, yeah, with with a rookie of the year situation. But like Chet, elite level defender, we're talking about, really great shot blocker, uh, good offensive player, and he's got a better jumper, a better jump shot, three point shot than Evan Mobley does. So that's why I like Chet. But anyway, Jabari Smith, the one issue I've got with him, well, I'm sorry, I take that back. The one major benefit about him is that because he's 6'10 and he shoots the three ball really well, his release point is actually very, very high. It's like well above average high when he shoots the ball. And so it's very difficult to block. And so shooting 43.6% from three and having a very high three-point release is actually really good and likely will translate well to the NBA, which is another bonus for him. Let's move on. The third overall pick, um, probably, and, and then the listener, this is where it gets a little dicey. So we're just going to play the we're, – we're assuming this guy is going to be a top fish pick, and we're going to talk about him in that case. Jaden Ivey guard Purdue. Uh, so this is your guy. Talk to me about Jay Ivy and why he's, uh, he's the next Moran. So kidding. That,
2: that's interesting because I mean, that's, it could be one of the comps, and we'll get into that, but Jaden Ivy, six, four shooting guard, 200 pounds uh, out of Purdue. He's a sophomore, 20 years old. The first thing that you got to know about him is because you say John Moran was the first thing you think of explosion, aggressiveness, you know, phenomenal athlete and Jay Ivy is all of those things. You know, he's, he's got great, he's a good, he's got good length, uh, very aggressive defensively. He's got very high upside, right? He can jump out the gym. He can chase, he can block shots off the backboard, crazy dunks in transition. He's got major hops. Um, You know, he's got that nonstop motor. He's always looking for that angle to drive and to attack. And his shooting has really drastically improved. So freshman year, he shot 26% from three and this year he's shooting 41%. So quite a bit of a jump there, which you know bodes well going for his draft stock and going into the NBA. Um, Other than that, his his free throws—he's gonna shoot seventy-four percent, so he could improve there. Um, He's mostly an attacking guard, you know, he's like a slashing guard, um, and can kind of play catch and shoot. Although there's more that needs to be seen there. He doesn't really have much of a mid-range game, or you know, have that arsenal of runners or floaters, which I think he definitely needs to add you know, being that he's not a true point guard, but he's kind of undersized to play the two, right? Cause he's six, four um, other things, like some, some weaknesses that I, I see in his game. Uh, like I was talking about earlier, he's a young college player. So he gambles a lot um, and, you know, racks up fouls a little too quickly. Um, he, he can read passing lanes and does it well, but there's a balance to be had there, right? Where if you get, if you get too cute, trying to jump those lanes, you lose track of your defender and, you know, you create a hole in the defense. Um, his playmaking as a guard needs some improvement. He's good at making basic reads, but he jumps and telegraphs his passes a lot. So that's definitely one thing he needs to work on is being able to throw defenders, you know, off balance and being able to make the proper read. Uh, and also just his shot creation off the dribble. He's not really like a, you know, he can't really dribble into a jump shot that well, or, you know, it doesn't have an array of moves, uh, for his shot. Uh, but he's just fast. He's just so quick and able to get to the rim really, really quick. So His Leandro Barbosa. Leandro Barbosa. Wow, I've not heard that name. Yeah, that's the Brazilian
0: blur. That's a comp. Uh, I said said John Morant. Obviously, that's a bit unfair considering there's like only one John Morant in the current NBA, um, and there doesn't seem to be a handful of those guys. However, the reason why I said that is similar to what you said. His game is very around-the-rim-ish right now. Uh, a lot of middies, a, a lot of keeping it close to the rim. He's going to have to, like John Morant, work on his three point shot when he gets to the NBA. He's a better job. He's a better college three point shooter than John Morant, but he's not by any means, I wouldn't describe him as an elite three point shooter. No, and I think sure. the biggest thing is, yeah, his playmaking. If he intends to be a point guard in the NBA and a successful one at that, he has to worry about his playmaking. Three assists per game uh, to two and a half turnovers per game in the college good, game so far. Not a good ratio. Not a good, exactly. Not a good ratio that kind of screams Colin Sextony, which is, by the way, a really good basketball player that's not at all a bad basketball player. However, that's not someone who the Cavaliers, as we can tell, have decided to build around. They've gone the other way with a guy who's a better playmaker overall in Darius Garland. Um, And so that's kind of where I struggle. He has to become a better playmaker if he intends to be a lead ball handler in the NBA. If not, he's going to be a really good bench piece for the foreseeable future which is a uh, kind of a downer if he's going to be the third or fourth pick in the NBA draft, right? That's not what you're hoping to get at the third or fourth pick in the NBA draft. 100%. Am I wrong with that assessment?
2: No, hundred percent. You're taking a lottery pick. You you're looking for a franchise cornerstone piece. You're hoping. And, yeah. yeah. And if you don't, and if you, because he's small, he can't really play the two, you know, at six, four, uh, but he's not really a point guard either. Right. So he's got to improve
0: some of those assets of his game to, to really be a star in this league. The the fourth overall pick again, listener. We're just speculating here based on some mock drafts that we've seen. This will likely change in the next multiple months. Here, uh, by the way, draft case. You said draft is June twenty third. Is that right? Something like that. It's, it's, like, late like, that. it's, yeah, it's
1: like late June. Something like that. It's in June.
0: Which 27? is uh, why don't I? Is, is I can... that is that not later than what it normally is? Am I crazy? Do I remember the draft being earlier? I thought it
1: was. You thought it was later or earlier? Or earlier, like, a lot earlier. earlier.
0: I thought oh, – I don't know about a lot earlier because the NBA Finals usually ends around first well, la- of Last
2: year, Last year was July because was of how the – It's June 23rd.
0: <laughs> the last couple of years have thrown off our entire NBA calendar, it seems. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the expected fourth overall pick Asad also has. His name is Paolo Banchero. Is that right, Manchero. Asad? Banchero. Ben- 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 Banchero. Ben- thank you. Uh, he's a big at Duke University, uh, 6'10", 250 – Us to talk to us about Paolo.
2: Paolo, I mean, coming in, I think between, I think it was between Paolo and Chet were the two most well known names. And like the hype was around these guys coming into the college season. So, like you said, he's 6'10, 250, great NBA frame, Uh, 7'2 wingspan. He will be, he's from Italy and he will be the third um, Italian player to most likely go in the lottery. Case, This is a question for you, trivia. Who are the other two Italian players to be drafted uh, in the lottery?
1: I couldn't tell you two other Italian players. Andrea Barniani. Yes, correct. Hey,
0: that's, that's yeah. He was number one, wasn't he at one point? Yeah,
2: number he was the number one, one? one overall pick. He was number one.
0: Yeah, is the second guy currently active in the NBA? Because then I have a pretty yes. Yeah, yeah, Danilo Gallinari.
2: Danilo Gallinari he was drafted sixth. He's uh, Italian. In
0: yeah, you got name, Come on, are you kidding me? pretty fucking Italian, dude. Yeah, Come yeah, on. It's like, it sounds pretty <laughs> Italian, bro. Um,
2: uh, got to get K some pasta or something, man. Damn. Um, I'm not a fan.
0: I <laughs> said <Awesome>. what?
2: <laughs> you need to, he doesn't know his Italian players, man. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but get
0: him some pasta. That's what's going to bring him back. That's yeah. not
1: racist at all. Like...
0: It's, like, it's, yeah, it's a little racist, bro. Anyway, talk to us about, uh, about Paolo, please. No, it's not right, ra- It's a
2: compliment. Italians, they're, pa- there's Just no, move I mean,
0: pa- pasta is, good. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay.
2: Back to, back to the Italian basketball player. Uh, Paolo is a three level scorer. He has the strength to finish around the rim. He's got a great mid range game and he can shoot threes and space out. Although that part needs a little bit of more improvement, and I'll get into that. But he's averaging 17 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal and a block, and 47% from the field. So, offensively, he is very well-rounded. He can do basically everything. He can play in transition. He can drive. He can pull up. He's got a really good handle. He can play in the post. He's got three really good moves that he uses. Uh, One, he's just big. So, he'll just bully his defender and get to the rim. Uh, He can turn off his left shoulder and have that fadeaway jump shot. Uh, And he's also, you know, got really elite footwork. You know, European players typically, you know, very, very skilled. uh, And Powell's no different. He's got really, really good footwork. Um, And because of that, his comp, interestingly enough, is Carmelo Anthony. So I'm curious to see,
0: uh, both of you had this reaction. I'll pause there. And what what do you guys think of that? Right, look. Okay, I have a I have a real problem with when we comp players, uh, young players, especially the fucking Carmelo of, Anthony with Hall of Fame level talent, um, because that's putting like when well, Case, for example, we said Draymond Green earlier. I had an issue with that simply because it was an exaggeration. Oh really, well, yeah, sure, but that's not like that's not what we're doing. We're not trying to do that right now, right? When we comp a player, Carmelo, or we comp a player to to Draymond, we've put this level of expectation on this 19- or 20-year-old in most cases, if this guy turns into fucking Carmelo Anthony, he should go number one overall in this draft, right? That's what we're saying. But we're looking at him as a 3-4 pick. Um, I do not think he's – I don't think he's Carmelo.
1: My main issue here is in the middle of the season towards the beginning, there was reports coming out that he's losing seven to eight pounds per game.
0: Oh, cause yeah, he he's sweating.
1: sweating. Cause he he's sweating. sweating he's sweating
0: everything. out seven to eight. Pounds was was that, drink. was that this guy? Okay. I, I do not remember.
1: He's cramping up. He can't finish. Like he's literally in tears on the bench as they try to get fluids into him.
0: That's wild.
1: And it hasn't been an issue recently. Uh, so I don't know if it's resolved, but it's definitely something you have to keep track of. Right yeah no no doubt
2: i mean i I recently i haven't really heard anything about one thing it was early december when that report dropped um and we haven't really heard anything about it since then so which leads me to believe that i don't think it's much of an issue otherwise i feel like in all these draft comps and these mock drafts people would be bringing that point up more um i agree with that yeah i just wanted to bring it up because i remember it happening no 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 it's a great great call i honestly forgot about it until you said it um And but it just recently in the last like what three months, I haven't really heard anything about it. So I would hope that that issue
0: has been solved.
1: Could Um, Coach K retiring have overshadowed that? No, dude, no, no,
0: because because that would imply that the NBA scouts don't give a shit and they're paying attention to Coach K retiring, which is uh, stupid. That's not their that's not what they're here for. Yeah. Um, I, I have an issue. Okay. So of the four players we've talked about so far. He is actually, Paolo, is my least favorite of the four. Because I'm not convinced that he can be a starter in the NBA long term. I just, I don't, I don't see anything ultra and watch. This is going to be a horrible clippable moment three years from now when he's like making his all-star game Um, and I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to look like a bumbling idiot, but I, I don't know. I don't seem to, I don't think he does anything ultra well. I I am a bit deterred by the fact that his three point percentage is about 32% in college. So he's not going to be, at least right now, right, as we expect him to be, he's not going to be like a really great stretch four in the NBA. He's obviously not a five in the NBA. He's probably like a three, but he's also like an okay defender. We're not talking about an elite defender here no he's not he's got,
2: he got to work on his i mean he's bigger so he's a little bit slower his lateral quickness uh, isn't there so that defensive part can improve but in terms of his offensive game even as a playmaker he's a really good playmaker for his size um and has like a lot of moves and has really good court vision so you know from everything that i've read as an overall standpoint he's the most offensively ready player in this draft
0: i, I mean you're, you're gonna call him carmelo anthony not you but whoever is giving that comp
2: yeah, yeah, I would assume also, that you in, think he's already. Really going back to the comp, it's not more so, it's not saying that he's going to be Carmelo Anthony. Obviously, of course, this game play, is like Carmelo Play style, right? Yeah. Of sure. the type of moves that he uses and, you know, the Which things means he's, he's a good
0: well. mid range shooter, a good pump faker, jab stepper, but he's not yeah. a point shooter until yeah. later in his career. Um, number five, Keegan Murray forward of Iowa. Case, this is your player. He's already at home.
1: Yeah, I know. Fuck him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to us about like Keegan Murray. What? what six, eight, 215 uh Forward, like I said, twenty two years old, almost a little bit older.
1: I think he's a senior, actually. So oh,
0: sophomore, sophomore, case. sophomore. Really? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Sophomore. I thought he
1: started school earlier, but no, he's he's a hustle player. He will defend. He can score a little bit off the dribble. He has a post move or two, but as an undersized forward. At 6'8", I don't know how much it helps him. He is a freak athlete, so he will get the occasional show-stopping block. But there is a lot of downsides to him. His shot selection is absolutely ass. He will shoot anything and everything, like his name is J.R. Smith. And then he's careless on offense, and he turns the ball over quite a bit. And overall, he's undisciplined on defense as well. So he creates gaps in the defense, which is why they lost today. I watched that game. And they just could not cover anybody. But overall, I think if he gets in a decent system and he learns to play the game with some discipline, I think he could translate into being a star. Not a star. An above-average role player. We throw that term around way too loosely. I apologize. I apologize he would be an above average player. And then apart from that, I like his tape. He's good shooting. I don't know why. It's hilarious to me cuz at 6'8", his form is unnatural. But it goes in. It goes in. It's not as bad as Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Oh god. But it's not normal either. <laughs> uh case of all these throwback's names, uh Barbosa, MKG, it's been it's been a minute. Dude, I have been so busy that recent NBA players are not popping up in my head. I'm relying solely on my basketball reservoir right now.
0: Look, that's a pretty good basketball reservoir for what it's worth. Here's a little fun fact about Keegan Murray. He was unranked in high school? Yeah. He was unranked in high school. How weird is that? And now he's like a top five or six pick in the NBA draft. All in about, what, two years' time is what we're talking about. Russell
1: Westbrook was also unranked.
0: Was he really? That's kind of wild. Uh, Anyway, number six, A.J. Griffin. Here's our first Duke player. 6'6", 222. He is my guy. Second
2: second Duke player. Oh, sorry, Paolo. Paolo.
0: Yeah, Paolo. My apologies. Uh, Second Duke player, A.J. Griffin. By the way, that's the one cool thing about, well, surprise, surprise. Old school Duke was like this all the time. Um, In my old, like three years ago. But Duke has like four legit draft NBA play, like draft-ready NBA players coming up in this in this draft here. So I think we're only talking about like two of them today, but there's a couple late, later guys on this team as well. They should be a good basketball team in, in the March Madness tournament. Anyway, freshman, 18 years old, 6'6", 222, A.J. Griffin. Here's the best thing A.J. Griffin does. He shoots 48% from three. He's a very, very, very good three-point shooter. That will translate extremely well in the NBA. On the other hand, similar to a couple other players we talked about, he's only a 75% free throw shooter, which is weird to me,
1: but it is what it is. How many bad free throw shooters are on this list?
0: It's kind of weird. Now, here's a cool stat, right? He only averages 10 points in college, but his true shooting is 65%. Wow. That's pretty good. Pretty fucking good. It's pretty damn good. So, his his comps are like Jalen Brown, T.J. Warren, and Jimmy Butler. Two out of three. I mean, all three of those are good basketball players. Only two but of them different.
1: play basketball.
0: Exactly, but like those, there's levels to those comps. Obviously, if you end up with a Jalen Brown or Jimmy Butler at potentially number six, I think you're a very, very, very happy uh, NBA franchise. I I don't have an issue with these comps, but the one thing I will say that I like about him. Obviously, he's a better three-point shooter than Jimmy Butler, right, by uh, a huge margin. I think
1: everyone is. He point. doesn't
0: He doesn't have uh, that He only averages 1.1 1. 1 assists per game. But he's actually a top 10 hockey assist getter in, in college basketball this NBA season. He makes the pass before the pass. My point is, he's not a ball stopper. He's really creative with where the ball needs to go to then go somewhere else. He's a good teammate overall, and he knows how to keep the ball moving. That's why he's going to fit into basically any NBA team that takes him. At number six, he's likely going to go to a team that's not absolutely atrocious, I say, but probably is going to end up at like Orlando or something. Um, okay. Ideally, what you would like him to do is be your secondary playmaker, right? You have a point guard or a shooting guard who, or even a forward for, for the Jimmy Ballers. You want him to be Desmond world. Bain. Um, sure. Yeah. Desmond Bain would be pretty good. I think, yeah, he's a really good three point shooter, continues to move the ball. I actually do like Adrian Griffin a lot. And I think that he would be like, he would be really good in like Cleveland. Obviously Cleveland's not going to end up with a top pick to get him, but he's a better playmaker and overall player than like Karis. Le- it's not better player. He can be a better player than Karis Levert and a better fit in Cleveland, for example, next to a Darius Garland, who's obviously your primary ball handler. What he needs to do is be this secondary guy wherever he goes. So maybe also Jalen Green. He can be your secondary guy, uh, but it seems like you have too many guards over there in Houston. Um, I don't have really any issues with his game. He doesn't make bad decisions. The only issue that he does have is he missed two years of high school basketball. With knee and ankle injuries, so he's he has a history of lower leg injuries, which is not great. And he has the weight; he's six six two twenty two. He's pretty like he's pretty built at this point for a college player who's only eighteen years old. So it's kind of weird that he suffers these injuries, and I, I'm concerned that it might be like more of a a chronic thing. Um, hopefully, it's not. And assuming it's not, he's he's gonna have he's gonna be a player in this league for you know twelve plus years. He, he fits in really anywhere. He can stand in a corner and shoot the ball or he could be a pass before a pass. I think a lot of NBA coaches will enjoy coaching a player like him.
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially with somebody like with, of, his, of his size and like the abilities that you say, you can never have enough wings in this league. And having a wing like AJ Griffin on your team is just a blessing. So no doubt about that.
0: Yeah. Next up, <laughs> uh, the seventh projected overall pick, Shaden Sharp, another guy who will be sleeping in his own bed by tomorrow night. Uh, Kentucky winger. 6'6", 175, and 19 years old. Usa, this is your guy. Talk to me about Shaden Sharp. Did I say his name correctly, by the way? Yeah,
2: yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Talk Shaden, to me about Shaden Sharp. So Shaden Sharp is a very interesting case because he's probably been sleeping in his own bed for majority of this year. He hasn't year played this year. Because he has not played a single college game this year. And here's why. So he... Uh, graduated early from his high school uh, because of COVID and then some eligibility thing. And then he joined Kentucky this past January Um, with obviously with the intention to play, but a few weeks after Kentucky came out, coach Cal was like, they're not, we're not going to play him. He's not ready. Uh, He needs to be around the team more and he's to be able to communicate and be a bigger part of the team before we can give him any kind of run. Uh, Keep in mind that Shaden sharp was the number one player out of his high school class. You know, this guy was a stud. It was a very highly touted talent from, and he's from Canada. Um, there were a lot of eyes uh, on him. Um, And he, you know, there, there was a lot of high expectations for him. And when they thought they was going to Kentucky, they were like, oh, Kentucky would be even a greater title favorite, but
1: Shaden Sharp. Because has, they're not a favorite.
2: No. And they're out and sitting at home. They probably could have used Shaden Sharp, but you know, he didn't play. Um, From, so I will caveat everything I'm about to say here with, the fact that he has not played a college game so we don't everything. actually know we don't actually know what he looks like against that level of competition so everything that i will be talking about is what we've seen in high school other camps and the nike uh, youth basketball league which is a really competitive aau tournament that a lot of nba scouts will go to uh, so hold
0: up for a second what is he that good that he's not going to play a year of college ball and then get drafted? Yeah, that that's
2: the craziest part about this. So,
0: Jeez, he must be fantastic.
2: So, I mean, his so his comps um, are what are J- Jalen Green and Andrew Wiggins. Those that's like that's the level of player that oh, look, we're, another we're Canadian. About. Can
0: I can I read you the comps I have in front of me on this other website? Go ahead, Paul George and taller Bradley Beal. What? Wow. That that's that's what I'm see. That's why I'm like, holy shit! This guy is getting ridiculous comps. He's yeah. not played a minute of basketball. This NBA or NBA again? Is, we're we're an NBA podcast. Sorry guys. Sorry listener. If I keep making this issue, um, he's not played all year, and now he's gonna be a lottery pick in this draft. Yeah. And- Tell me about this man's game. I don't fucking get it. I don't get it at all. <laughs> all
2: right. So biggest thing with him, he's an explosive shot creator. You know, really good off the dribble. Um, he's really good in tra- transition, uh, layups, dunks. He can catch lobs. He's got super high ups. Uh, he moves really well off the ball. He's got really good body control and is able to contort his body uh, to finish around bigger defenders. Um, he's a really good rebounder for his size and especially offensive rebounding. He plays with a lot of hustle, um, chasing loose balls. You know, he's, he plays with a lot of heart, which obviously I think goes to further his NBA potential because, um, you know, you want to see that effort. Uh, he's really improved his game I think that's the biggest thing that the NBA scouts are looking at in just a short amount of time from where he was in high school and to what they've seen in these camps and other leagues so far he started off as not being a really great shooter to now getting comps to Bradley Beal and Paul George right so in that Nike youth basketball league that I was talking about he averaged 23 points in 28 minutes and he was able to score at will And the biggest thing about him is that he has the potential to be an elite two-way player. He can switch and guard guys positions one through four. He's got really long strides, really good lateral quickness, uh, seven foot wingspan, so he can recover even if he gets beaten off the dribble and has plenty of chase down blocks uh, of guys that beat him. And then he was just able to close the gap uh, and block the shot. So he's really good at, you know, like he's a really good pickpocket reading passing lanes. Uh, He's got all of the tools to become that elite two-way player, and that's what the all these NBA scouts are banking on uh, of him developing. But because of him not being able to play in college, we haven't really seen him be much of a playmaker. Uh, you know, that's all to be seen. Of can he make more than just the basic read? Does he? Does his offensive game really have the ability to draw in the defense to create passing lanes and to really become that kind of electric? star guard that is you know all the electric the guards are about to able to do that right like Paul George Bradley Beal uh Jalen Green to an extent that because they're so talented offensively the defenses are really focused on them uh and so they're able to you know make their team better by creating that space but we haven't seen Shane Sharp play a freaking college game so we don't know if
0: that's actually gonna happen so I must have missed it when you said it why hasn't he played? Coach K said he wasn't Coach K.
1: He wasn't um, with the team enough. That's essentially yeah. what it was. He joined the team in January. So oh, okay, two, two okay, months okay.
0: Because he's not supposed to really be in college right now. Okay. Yeah, he jumped, oh
1: he, he's a little early. He's, so I, I he's saw, jumping I saw a little... eligibility at this point.
0: So, listener, the reason why I'm so confused is, so the way we did this is, obviously, K's was so kind enough to go and basically pick out the best prospects uh, based on, like, you know, draft ranking and such put him on a Google sheet and then kind of broke him down. So obviously this is not a player that I went and did some, some research on, but I did try to pull up like the stats of every guy that we're looking at here just to get an idea of what kind of player we're looking at. And I couldn't find this fucking guy's stats anywhere. And I was like, I'm not this stupid. I don't know what's going on, but so I'm in not that youth dumb.
1: basketball league, Explains he averaged
0: 23 and eight. Uh, he's an he's an NBA caliber player playing in a youth basketball league. That's probably fair. Um, Number eight, Jalen Duran, Memphis big man, 6'10,
1: 230. We're going to go right back to us. Uh?
0: I'm going back to us, but I have to say this first off, it's weird that us you've had back to back now twice well, But you've I get jumping one of us, around the paper. I, I have been, I have been. Uh, I'm trying to go in semi draft ish order, which is why I'm doing that. Um, I Usa, this is one of my favorite players in the draft this is this is a dying breed this is a dying breed yeah, of player 100%. which is why i like him so much so tell it tell the listener why he's dying breed and why i like him so much and then i'll jump in if i need to but tell, yeah. tell them what you've learned about uh, our boy jill and during your yeah, big I'm man assuming, memphis
2: i'm assuming you're alluding to the fact that he's actually a legitimate big man like he's not like a stretch guy he doesn't shoot the ball this dude is 6'11". He's, I think it's, two, it's 250 from what I where I had read. And okay. he's, he's just like, he's a traditional center. He's your... Case,
0: real quick. This entire season of college basketball, how many three-pointers did he attempt?
1: Two. It is not zero. Two. Yeah,
0: that's good. One. He attempted one three all year long. That should yeah, tell you everything you, you need to know about the player he was. Eve. Yeah. It, probably, yeah, it was probably a bullshit shot. I didn't go like, looking for it, but you're probably right. End of end
2: of shot clock, end of buzz leave. Loop. For sure, yeah. So he's, he's not a shooter, clearly, um, but he's just really fucking big. He you know has tremendous, tremendous bounce, uh, really plays above the rim. Uh, so very good vertical threat. Uh, he's got really great hands, so very good pick and roll partner. Uh, he's got a really fast second jump, which helps him both scoring and with rebounding. Obviously, when you're a big you have, you know, three main core responsibilities, right? Like when you're thinking of a a Clint Capella, Mitchell Robinson, that sort of hybrid build where they need to, they score inside the paint. Traditionally, they rebound and they block shots and they're an interior defender. And Jalen Duren is all of those things. You know, he runs rim to rim really well. He's a terrific rebounder. It's averaging eight a game with three offensive rebounds. Um, Then the next part of his game of, being able to actually create by himself without needing a guard in a pick and roll situation uh, is what he needs to work on. Uh, He's shown some flashes of having, you know, a post move or two, but he really needs to get better about being more aggressive and being more decisive on which move he picks and just being fast and going with it. Uh, Defensively, obviously that's his, his biggest selling point. He's probably more versatile on defense than he is on offense. He's averaging 2.2 blocks a game this season and he's not only an interior defender; he's really good at that, by the way. But he can also switch out on the guards and keep up with guards and keep them in front of him, <clears throat> which is really, really impressive for a guy his size. Safe, am I missing anything of why you
0: love this guy? I, he's Clint Capella. That's what I see. He's Clint Capella. He's DeAndre Jordan. The, this is the kind of center that would pair super well with a, uh, with what I hope is a young guard who knows how to throw lobs, right? Like. Trey Young two years ago, right when Clint Capella came in, James Harden Houston style again with Clint Capella. The, these are types of players who really excel in throwing lobs and getting guys set up near the rim, and I think that's exactly who this uh, who this guy needs to be playing alongside. I like him a lot for honestly no particular reason. The fact there's very few of this type of player left in the NBA. Uh, most of the guys like i said he shot one three all nba season case i assume you probably had a hard time pulling up exactly where that three was or i found it. purpose you did find it okay well yeah. when, when was, why did he shoot one three
1: uh end of shot clock he got How an did. offensive rebound in the corner and just heaved it <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that tells you listen that tells you everything about this guy if he can find a home on a team that needs a player like this, he's going to be really, really good. I like so the my fact thing that he's able is, to paper the cracks on defense. That's one of my favorite things about him.
1: I like the fact that he's been the most talked about player on this team while playing with Imani Bates. That's yeah, true.
2: The crazy, the crazy thing is Memphis doesn't really have any. Like, Imani Bates is a forward, right? They don't really have any guards, like an elite, you know, ball handling guard.
0: Otherwise, I feel like Jay so Anderson's they start four high.
2: forwards. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, they, they play like a very Cleveland style basketball team, right? They got like to three. Be fair, six just, seven
1: is their shooting guard. Yeah, they have a pretty
0: big team. I mean, that's why that's why I like him in this uh in this March Madness. Not to win the thing, but they're gonna be a, a tough out. Next up, Johnny Davis guard Wisconsin 6'5, 194Ks. You've got Johnny Davis. Talks about talk to us about Johnny Davis.
1: Johnny Davis is probably the next three in D play. Or am I on the wrong person?
0: No, you're, you're here. It,
1: no, I'm it here. Little, yeah.
0: A little less three, a lot. of Dude, this guy's an elite defender. Elite. He is
1: arguably the best defender we've seen come in in a long time at the college level. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. He's great in the paint. He's only 6'5", which is kind of weird, but finishes with both hands. And has a bag full of post-up moves, which makes absolutely no <laughs> sense to me. And he's a good three-point shooter. He'll pull up randomly or he'll spot up and shoot, which is why I called him a three and D player. But the biggest thing, guards one to four. At six-five, that's very impressive. And I don't think I could name more than what five other players in the NBA that do that one to four. It's tough.
0: It's really tough at six, five. I don't think he'll guard one to four in the NBA, but he'll guard one to three in the NBA for sure. Without a yeah, doubt. But
1: is the downside is he has to play at the two and the three, which I think is great for him, but it's not his natural position. He's been playing the three slash four mm-hmm. in college, which is easier to do because there's a lot of smaller teams, and Wisconsin naturally plays a true center, which is weird to me because they have some big motherfuckers over there. But his the reason I said three and D is he does not create shots.
0: You know, one of the most underrated aspects of his game is he's actually a really, really good rebounder.
1: He's yeah. a
0: really he averages eight rebounds in the college call uh, NBA again the college basketball season so far eight rebounds for a six five dude is pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. If he brings that over to the NBA, you're talking about a legit defensive mastermind, right? Great defender, yeah. can close a guy all the way to the rim and then still grab a rebound and go. Um, yeah, I think you're right, Case. He is not He is not going to be a he's ball handler.
1: He's going to be a spot-up shooter.
0: Yeah, like when he's listed at guard, he's like, he's not really like a guard in the sense no. that he's not going to handle the ball really at all. And you don't want him to. You want him to play elite-level defense. He's like...
1: Mikhail Bridges? Know,
0: I don't know. I have a hard time. Would that be the I, fairest I know, comp?
1: Well, I know L- what I L- want to say,
0: but it's unfair. Oh. No, because like they've they've given the ball to Lou Dort a good bit, especially right now, well, before his injury. Uh, he handled the ball actually a pretty decent amount. This guy, KCP. you don't want to see him dribble. KCP. You know what I'm saying? like That's what we're talking about. <laughs> KCP seems a bit disrespectful, but also NBA champion KCP, so let that sink yeah. in. Anyway, let's move on. The next two guys, uh, Dyson Daniels and Jaden Hardy, are both G League Ignite, guys. They are not guys you're going to see in the NBA draft. Sorry, the draft. Of course, you're going to see him in the draft. You're not going to see him in March Madness, Who? the NCAA tournament, which is why we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about them when we do like a draft preview. Oh, you're mock draft listing off the later. mock
1: draft. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm scrambling here, looking through the. Yeah, dock. no, no.
0: You're totally fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. The next guy up is Benedict Matherin, forward, Arizona 6'6", 210. This is one of my players. Benedict? I specifically. I, exactly. I specifically chose this player because, listener, you don't know this, but I'm back in school. I'm at Arizona University, and this is my guy. This is the team I'm going for in the tournament because it is the school that I attend. Go um,
2: Wildcats?
0: Yes, Wildcats, baby. Um, but no, okay, I really, really, obviously, I'm a little biased. I like Benedict. I like Arizona. I'm a big fan of what's going on. I mean, I'm a big fan. Yeah, okay. But <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big fan because fuck you. That's why. Well, oh, look, the reason he's <laughs> a big I can't fan
1: be- – because he got an email on Monday saying no, if they won, everyone was going to get a championship <laughs> shirt.
0: Okay, look, I am a fan for free shirts, but more importantly, I wanted to go for Arizona because I wanted to go for a team that I had at least some tie to in March Madness. Most years as a Georgia State alum, I do not have that liberty. This year I had two teams. One team has already gone home, but the other is a number one seed and has a real chance to win this thing. So I'm really excited. Benedict is another reason for that. Let me read you some of this guy's stats and you're gonna understand where I'm coming from. He's a forward, he's six six. He's he's what I would say, maybe not undersized, but probably a little bit undersized for what he kind of does here. 17.3 points per game, us a 59% true shooting percentage, is what we're talking about here. 38% from three, 75% from the free throw line, which is fucking bogus, and six rebounds a game. He's a knockdown shooter with shot making ability off the dribble, which means he can create his own shot. That's kind of my favorite thing about him. He can go. I mean, he can get the ball from really anywhere and make his own shot, which is really hard to do in college basketball, especially when you're not the primary point guard or ball handler on your team, which he is not. So that's why I'm a big fan of him. He's a really good perimeter. shooter. He's very athletic. That's a great question. And I would love to tell you that if you give me a couple of minutes, I have not looked, <laughs> look, I was too busy trying to prep for this uh, for this episode here. So I didn't look at the whole roster. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I am currently a bandwagon fan, but a bandwagon hey, look, I pay, look, they collect my tuition. I can root for the team. Screw you. Kay's giving me shit. Anyway, he's 20 years old. I he's 20 years old. He's a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. I know what you did, though. You gaslighted me, you son of a bitch. Um, he's got he's he's got comps with Jamal Crawford, Karis Levert, and prime Victor Oladipo. These are the comps that I've seen for him. Okay,
1: Hyundai Baba <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know. <laughs> that's Victor Oladipo's real name. Oh, is it really? Yeah,
2: yes. Kays loves to say that. I feel like he says that like once every four episodes, just randomly like
0: in the background. And I clearly I clearly Every never time you mention Victor Oladito, it comes out. Clearly never clocked it. Um, he, Here's the issue. Here's the issue with this game, which is why he's going to be a late lottery pick, somewhere in that 10, 11, 12 range. Um, he is not a good defender. He is below average on defense, especially on ball defense. And... He's not a really good passer. He, he's, uh, he's average at best for his position. So when it comes to his readiness for the NBA, I would not say he's ready to go ahead and just jump in and be a starter overnight. But the good things that he does bring on offense, his ability to shoot the ball and to score and to create his own shot is what's going to allow him to get on NBA rosters and collect minutes, right? And be available to play. Eventually, he'll work on defense and passing. He'll have to become a better passer in order to be an NBA player for multiple years to come. I do like him a lot, um, but he's not a top pick here. We're talking like mid to late lottery, probably late lottery. 11 to 14. Yeah, that's exactly the range we're talking about. The next guy I've got is Ty Ty Washington Jr., guard of Kentucky. Another one of my players, uh, 6'3", 197. This this player is weird, okay? Because the only comp that I could find for Ty Ty was Emmanuel Quickly. And like... Are we sure what Emmanuel quickly is right now to where we can no. make him a comp for other players? He's like a, a bench point guard. Who's uh athletic player, right? It scores the ball pretty well. And that's kind of really, anyway, I don't want to bash Emmanuel quickly. I think he's going to be a decent NBA player, but anyway, that's his comp. That's Ty Ty's comp 12 points per game, 33% from three four assists, and a steal. He's, he's, a good shot creator is kind of where I want to put him. He's like the perfect guy to come off your bench and create for your second unit. As a starter in the NBA, I'm not completely convinced he will be that. Um, he could be. He could be, but he's uh, he's got to put on a little bit of muscle. 6'3", 197 is, is, is fine. Uh, Kentucky did go home today, listener, by the time you're listening to this tomorrow or yesterday, tomorrow. Um, he's He's okay. He's okay. I'm not super passionate about Ty Ty too, If I'm being blatantly honest, he's not a player that um, I was interested in covering personally because I'm not super excited about what he can do. Uh, listed right here, versatile shot creator with a great feel for his teammates. Um, so he's just he's really good at setting guys up. Unfortunately, his stats don't actually show that. He's four assists and two turnovers a game. So he doesn't have any ball security for the college game. And so that's why I think he's a project. If you pick him up in the NBA, he's going to come off the bench for you for probably a couple of years. And then I'm not sure if his ceiling is starter in the NBA, but he could probably be like a really good bench piece for probably a lot of NBA teams. Um, He kind of gives me like uh, us like Tyus Jones. Remember Tyus Jones on the Memphis Grizzlies vibes? Really good college said, point guard. Yeah, Tyus was good is actually guard. good.
2: Tyus is a very serviceable backup point guard for and Memphis. And that's exactly
0: what I think Ty Ty Washington Jr. is. He's going to be a very serviceable backup, but he's he's always going to be one of the worst starters if you make him one of those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's kind of what Tyus Jones has been in the NBA. He was uh, He's a really good backup for a lot of teams. He knows how to create and set up offense. He knows how to make players better around him, mm-hmm. which is what Ty Ty does. But I think that's kind of the cap here. If we make him a start in the NBA, I'm not. And again, we're going to fucking clip this three years from now when he's on his third All Star team and he's the captain or some dumb shit. I'm going to feel like an asshole. Um, I mean,
2: <laughs> it, the other thing too, like I mean, we kind of talk about this, but in big games, you know, you want your best players, these lottery players, you want them to step up. Tonight, he mm-hmm. went two of ten from the field, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was not the he was not the star player. I don't think even Ty Ty Washington is the best player on on his team. No, he's
0: not. I don't think oh. he is either. Uh, I mean he's not because we, we talked about another Kentucky guy
2: right, uh, exactly earlier. So I don't Next want...
0: up, I think our last second last player of the night, Ochai Agbaji. Case, did I say that right?
1: It's close enough. It's better close than enough. me saying it.
0: Okay. Wing Kansas 6'5-214. Case, this is your player. Talk to me about uh Ochai.
1: Yet another three and D player.
0: <laughs> so,
1: I, feel like I see his, I see a little rhythm going on here. Well, but yeah, he that's what I was going to say. You, that's exactly well. what I was going
0: to say.
1: I loved his name. I didn't know how he played. <laughs> yeah, you had, yeah. First, you had first pass at all. You
0: literally played. had first dibs and you took him because his name? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 100%. a good name, I have to say. It's, it is a good name. I will say that.
1: You know me. I love names. But honestly, <laughs> What a weird thing to say. One of the better play- shooters in the draft? What? I, no, just, whole, I
0: love names. What a I know We I had, had a whole, whole segment. segment
1: called "Players Anonymous" I, about I'm players' aware. names.
0: I'm, I'm aware. It's just a very interesting for
1: you, said. Continue, please. Uh, he's great off the ball, catch and shoot type guy. Bless you. Uh, he's an above average playmaker. I don't break stride. I am a professional.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm you, Oh, the funny thing is, I muted my mic. So, listener, you did not just hear me sneeze. But Kaze saw me sneeze and was like, bless you. So it would, Case. you know what would be fucking hilarious is if the listener is listening to this in their car or something and they sneeze and you just say, bless you. That's gonna be fucking trippy, bro. That's great. gonna be so tweet trippy. Tweet me if you
1: do. At that NBA. would be so true.
0: Yeah, please tweet at us if you decide to do that.
2: Uh, if, you that to if you decide to sneeze in the yeah. I, yeah. I
0: said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You're just like, we lost yeah. you today completely. <laughs> This no, so what happens a, when we record late-night podcasts, man.
1: Yeah, he's an above-average defender, but he's a freak athlete. And as with most three D players, he struggles to find his own shot, which doesn't really matter if someone's passing you the ball and you're shooting. True. And then his ball handling sucks, which doesn't matter if you're a catch-and-shoot guy. But <laughs> with being a great three-point shooter, how the fuck are you bad at shooting free throws? That's what confuses me a lot, too. This is the seventh player we've talked about that can't shoot free throws. What's the number?
0: Did you you list? Yeah, I was like, did you list the numbers or do I need to? Go for it. 41% from three, 209 three-pointers attempted. So he's shooting them. 76.7% from the free throw.
2: What? What is going on? I feel like all of these guys—they, I mean—they put more time into like the they, flashy, yeah. the flashy stuff, and then the actual fundamentals of in making.
0: Free I game.
1: blame you, Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh, really, geez. though. I love you,
0: Case. What I'm most interested on with uh, with Ochai? What comp did you get for him? Because I have an interesting comp that is, I think, bang on accurate.
1: I don't have one, but I'm gonna go. Trevor Ariza.
0: Trevor Ariza is probably pretty pretty good. I've got Jay Crowder. Crowder. Jay Crowder is is probably – literally, it's listed – It's a little unsettling
1: when you say his name correctly.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I've been trying, dude. I I don't know why I struggle. I have, like, pronunciation dyslexia or something. But just with his name uh, and a couple other guys, he's literally listed on-ball defender, perimeter shooter. Those are the two things he's good at. Don't ask him to dribble because he averages 1.7 assists per game and 2.0 turnovers. <laughs> so he's literally like, every time I get the ball, don't put it on – don't don't you dare dribble. Just shoot it or just move it along. That's it. The don't put it on the The only thing he's
1: good at dribbling-wise, if he – after a made shot, he'll dribble it to half court and pass it to the point guard.
0: Although his his points per game in, in this college season is fucking impressive. 20 points per game in college. In college,
1: for sure, yeah. It's very impressive. It's a little weird. It makes no sense for someone who can't dribble, but it's fucking hilarious.
0: It it, but, it doesn't, but like he's going to be a legit NBA player for years. But today. look,
1: he's a commodity in the NBA, right? Everyone needs three and D players.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh the last player K's literally li- listener, he listed it on the doc. This is my favorite guy. So Kase, I'll let you talk all about this guy.
1: Okay, so guys, if you guys are on TikTok, you've seen this kid before. He plays, I think, D3 basketball at Bryant University. His name is Peter Kiss. He's 6'5". He's a lethal shooter when he's hot. And he is one cocky motherfucker. I don't see him getting drafted, but you guys have to look him up. It is fucking hilarious. He's talking shit to the crowd, blowing kisses, yelling at people. I think it's great. (laughs) I don't want to he's break him right. down simply because I don't think he gets drafted.
0: That's but fair. I, I looked it up. About him. Well, I looked it up because I was like, once you said he was your favorite player. I mean, I've seen the guy play a couple of times because he's a really good scorer. Um, he doesn't have an average draft position in the first round and I haven't seen no. I haven't seen anything reliable for the second round just yet, so I'm going to hold off. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it doesn't seem like he's a first round
1: pick. But, but just the cockiness pretty, is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs>
0: I had a feeling you liked him for a very particular reason that wasn't just basketball related and yeah, it explains it. It's just his overall demeanor is fun. Um, I think we've run quite a long time on this episode considering we've just broken down what 14 or so prospects in the NCAA tournament so far. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are other players that we probably did not talk about that we'll probably eventually get to or talk about. Listen, I hope that your bracket is not busted, but in all likelihood by now it's already busted. So that, that is what it is. It was, it was we, at
2: 1 point, 1.76% of brackets were fine when I left work at 5 p.m. And yeah. this is before the Yukon upset and the Kentucky upset. So The
0: Kentucky upset, I think, has ruined everybody's bracket. That's, yes. I think I think it's pretty much done at this I point. I called the Yukon upset. Yeah, but did, did the Kentucky upset run past? No? Yeah. Uh, it's not your fault. I don't think anybody called it. It's kind of my point. Anyway, before we go, let's do, um, let's do our favor to win the tournament. And then I guess we could do a dark horse. Let's just, okay, unfortunately, your dark horse is already out of the tournament. Um oh, oh, they're, already, they're already in their households. So um, is mine.
2: Well, theoretically, well, not even theoretically. Actually, both my pick to win and my dark horse are out of the tournament. So that's great. <laughs> it's fucking great.
0: It's the WebM curse before we've even said it. They're gone. <laughs> Well, then I don't want to say who my favorite is. I don't want to ruin it. We already know. We already Arizona.
2: know. It's fucking Arizona.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I pick, I'm I, picking Arizona to win the tournament. They are my favorite. Um, They're also the team I've rooted for some, for my entire life, obviously, and since the days I was born. Since day so, one. So I'm an Arizona wildcat. Of cat.
2: 2022, Safe was rooting for Arizona. Day one. No, no, no,
0: no, no. 1990-something. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, listener, I'm going to root for the team that I know something about at least a little bit. As you can tell, not a big college basketball aficionado. I only give a shit about college players when we get closer to the draft, um, which is kind of, now's a really good time to watch players who matter. And then a month from now or two months from now, we're going to really you know, dig deep and get into it um, and actually find our favorite players in the draft, which Kays and I and us and usually have a couple of guys we really, really love. Mine was Evan Mobley. I like calling that. Kays loved uh, Moses Moody, and Moses Moody's actually picking up minutes on the Warriors and looking pretty good recently. Very solid um, rotation piece now. And by the way, a guy I also love, Jalen Green, who's a rocket, had a really rough start to the NBA season. He's looking better and better every game he plays now. He looks more confident. So, um, so I say all that to say, right now, we're just watching a bunch of names to see what they can do on the big stage. 2 months from now we'll have a lot more information on these guys. Right now I just want to get you familiar with who you should be watching when you're watching these games. I am yes, I'm picking Arizona. I would like to see them win. I think it would be very very cool. Um, Case, do you have a a, a pick have for this Gonzaga. tournament? You've Gonzaga. You you're not worried about the fact that Gonzaga chokes every single time they're a favorite here?
1: Look, they choked last year. They no, choke every year. That was Villanova. Villanova fucked me last year. But now I like Gonzaga.
0: <laughs> okay, if you say so. Uh, so that you're going for uh, Gonzaga as well now?
2: Yeah, now that I, – I had high hopes for Kentucky, but clearly they, they were not – they are very short-lived. So now yeah. we're on the Gonzaga train. We're on the Chet train.
0: And listener, Shaban also put in his pick and he also picked Gonzaga. So, right, my point well, is Gonzaga is losing def- next game. Yeah, Gonzaga is definitely not winning the tournament considering three out of four of the WebM curse uh, is putting their bad juju on Gonzaga. Guys, here. If
1: you listen and you made it this far, please put money against whoever Arizona and Gonzaga <laughs> are playing because they're winning. <laughs>
0: Um, the dark horse, uh, unfortunately case enough dark horse has already gone home as well, they chose Iowa. Is there any other dark horse you wanted to put a little light on?
1: All right, Arizona. Let's go, baby. Oh, fuck
0: off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs>
2: Be Arizona uh, out of this. Uh I'm actually uh, I'm going to go with Duke. Uh I feel like Yeah, you know, that's I'll, a
0: dark horse or number 1 seed or number 2 seed Okay,
2: well in in retrospect of what, okay, of what people have been talking about. I and mean, people like Duke was supposed to be the number 1 clear-cut favorite and then they've been inconsistent um the, kind of throughout the year and they haven't really they they didn't win the ACC tournament, Virginia Tech won. Uh mm-hmm. so also Virginia Tech was uh, that's my upset pick to beat Texas cuz fuck the Longhorns. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna go, I'm a, I like Paolo. Um, so I'm rooting. If for him
0: I, too. if you know what, you know what disappoints me a little bit, you know, who is the best three point percentage shooting team in the country? You, you're never going to guess it.
1: Nebraska. Davidson. Creighton.
0: No, no, no. We could do this forever. Cause there's a billion teams. <laughs> South, seven. South Dakota state. They shoot forty four point nine three percent from three, so like forty five percent from three. And then tonight, when they played against Purdue, not tonight, earlier today when they went, played against Purdue and lost by nine points, they shot thirty percent. It's, it's like one, it's you're the one best team, and I. God, it's so disappointing. Um, But my dark horse, this could age so poorly because they're playing right now and they could lose before this little podcast even gets published, but it's UCLA. I like what they did last year. I like a couple of the guys on the team. I think there's a chance that they can kind of carry, um, and and that's kind of it. I don't care to talk more about them because by the time you listen to this listener, they could be out the tournament. Right now, they're down by five points with eight minutes left in the game. So we'll see what happens. I I have no idea. Um, Anyway, it's it's an absolute crapshoot. As you already know, your bracket's busted. Call today. Anyway, listener, thank you for listening to another episode of the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast. We'll get back to actual NBA basketball next week. In the meantime, have a good week. Enjoy. Don't lose too much money on this tournament. It's not worth it. Allegedly. 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 Bye.